Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, the good news of Jesus Christ that we have. Thank you for that assurance that we can know that we are saved, and that we are held tightly in your hands. What a wonderful hope that we have. Lord, as we look at uh, the opening of this letter to, uh, to the church in Colossae, Father, I just pray that, uh, that you would open up our eyes to, to see the truth that you want us to know, that you would open up our hearts to, um, to understand the, the fruit of the gospel um, that you pour out into our lives and that we would uh, be able to worship and honor you in all that, uh, in all that we do. Uh, guide our time here. Father, we pray for the kids as well as they are learning. Uh, Father, we just pray that uh, you would be speaking to them uh, through their lesson and drawing them into a deeper relationship with you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as Paul mentioned, we are going to be uh, starting a new sermon series in uh, the letter to Colossae, the Colossians letter, uh, the one that, uh, that Paul had written while he was in prison. Uh, so if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn, we're going to read uh, just the first opening uh, part of, of chapter one here this morning and, and looking a little bit more uh, closely at this passage. It is, uh, it's a, a, a wonderful letter um, that, that speaks clearly of um, the person of Jesus Christ, of what he has done for us and how we can now live being in relationship with him. And um, so let's read this together, starting at verse 1 of chapter 1 in Colossians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you, peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this, you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel which has come to you and indeed is, is in the whole world that is now bearing fruit and growing, as it is also done among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epiphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us of your love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks 
to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Paul is writing to a church that he had never visited before, but obviously had uh, a significant connection with. If you look on the map in the Bible, you will see that Ephesus and Colossae are uh, within the same Roman province in Asia, um, just on either side of the province. They're separated by about 200 kilometers, which would have certainly been a significant journey going from one to the other. But there was a definite connection between these two communities. They were on a, a major thoroughfare of, of a trade route that went from uh, the Far East into, uh, into uh, uh, Greece and, and on to Rome. Um, so, so there was certainly movement back and forth between the two. As we read here, Epaphras, um, had, who, who was originally from Colossae, had somehow gotten to Ephesus and had connected there with Paul. Um, and, and it seemed to be that it was through that connection that he became a follower of Jesus Christ. And then he later returned back to his hometown in Colossae and established uh, the church there in that area. Uh, Epaphras is now here back with Paul, um, likely bringing news of, of the church and what had been happening. And so in response to the things that Paul was hearing about that were going on there in Colossae, he determined to write this letter. Uh, whether he was writing out of his prison stay while he was in Ephesus or more likely while he was in Rome, um, that, uh, that he had this connection with Epaphras and, and was uh, writing to the church there. We also know that, that Paul had connection with uh, Philemon, who was also a church leader there in, in Colossae. And you'll remember when we, when we read the letter to Philemon uh, during our, our study in the pastoral epistles, um, that from the way that, that Paul talked about Philemon and, and, and uh, uh, encouraged him to, to deal with Onesimus in, in, in such a way. Uh, Paul in, indicates that he was the one that led Philemon uh, into faith in Christ Jesus. And so, um, uh, so we see that Paul has a number of connections with this community. And, and this, this letter that he, that he has written to them just kind of pours out his... Um, his love for these people, uh, his joy in, in knowing that they are followers of Jesus Christ. Um, and, and it is, it is a, uh, a letter that, that, that deals with some doctrinal issues um, that in some ways is almost like a, a, a shortened version of Romans, which we know is, is kind of Paul's doctrinal uh, uh, paper that, that, lays out his understanding of the gospel, our relationship with God, and, 
and how we live in the midst of that. This Colossians has that same kind of a doctrinal feel, but in a much lighter, much less intense um, kind of a sense, he is pouring out his joy in Christ Jesus to these people. And through that, then encouraging them on how they can live and, and, and um, walk in a manner that is worthy of this calling that they have received in following Christ Jesus. Um, so it is a, it, it's a marvelous book. We're going to be um, going through it over the next uh, weeks, couple of months, um, going through all of this. There is some um, amazing statements of who Jesus is. And next week, Cody's going to take us through uh, the last part of, of chapter one, which uh, is this marvelous creedal statement of, of who Jesus is. Um, but today I, I wanted to focus on these verses, kind of as Paul is setting the tone for his letter to, to the church in Colossae, um, wanting to remind them of, of the, the benefits of being a follower of Jesus Christ. What is the fruit of the gospel at work in our lives? What, what is it that, that happens in our lives um, that would bring this kind of a joy? I, I, we don't know exactly when Paul wrote this, um, but part of the motivation for him writing this might also be in response to a, a devastating earthquake that had just, that happened, we have record of it happening in Colossae and in that whole area um, on 60, around 60 AD, 60, 61 AD, uh, when this uh, uh, earthquake hit and devastated a number of different communities. Uh, Colossae was one of the ones that had been devastated quite significantly. And so Paul's also, his writing here might be uh, part in response to, um, to some of the, the uh, devastation, the, the, the struggle that these Christians were going through now that their community had been rocked by this earthquake. And and uh, there was significant economic, it was actually an earthquake that, that even though they were able to rebuild the, the city of Colossae, never really recovered from. They, at, at one point, they, this was a, a, a city that had been quite substantial. Going back to, um, to the 5th century BC, Colossae was one of the places that uh, King Xerxes out of the Persian Empire uh, was marching through as he was heading to to Greece to, uh, to have war with the Grecians. Um, and uh, uh, we know that Xerxes, the, the historian Herodotus tells us that Xerxes had a million soldiers uh, that were marching with him. And so they were able to stop and spend some significant time in, in, in resting up before they were continuing on their journey here in Colossae. So it was a significant, um, city at one point, but, uh, but this, uh, the earthquake that happened first 17 AD and then again 60 AD uh, kind of devastated this community and it never really recovered and to this day um, has never been rebuilt. There's been some other communities that are around it that have grown up, but Colossae itself has never really recovered from all of that. So Paul is writing to this, uh, to this group that, that is facing a number of challenges. There's, there's these physical economic challenges that are going on around them. Uh, but there's also, um, as we're seeing time and time again, these 
false teachers that were moving into areas where, uh, where Christians, new churches were being grown up, and they were beginning to undermine some of the, uh, the teaching that, that comes out of uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, out of uh, relationship with him. And it seems that in this case, uh, the, the false teaching was, uh, was again moving towards that legalistic, um, adding on to the gospel, rather than just the, the, the fruit of the gospel, which is freedom in Christ, being set free from sin, being set free from having to follow uh, the letter of the law, but instead having the law written on our hearts that we then just live out as Christ works in our lives, uh, more and more people were adding things on a, a legalistic expectation of, of, of ways that they had to try and avoid sin in, in their lives. And, and Paul is writing to, to speak against that. There's, there's this real, almost an ascetic, um, kind of a, of a feel of the false teachers where they were talking about denying of themselves in order to be able to follow Christ, that they had to um, put all these res restrictions and restraints around them to, to guard them from falling into sin. And Paul wants them just to know that, that it is the fruit of the gospel. It is the impact of the gospel in our lives that, that results in a life that is lived well before God, that is a life that is uh, worthy of the calling that we have, that we have been called to. And so uh, Paul highlights here in this passage, and he's setting the tone in this opening statement of, of the fruit of the gospel. He talks about um, the, the, that faith in Jesus is what has delivered us from this dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. I don't know about you, I, I love that image of, of the of the movement between kingdoms that we all as as humans as we're trapped in our sin we are part of the dominion of darkness that that, that holds us captive in this uh, lack of light lack of love lack of truth and and because we are citizens there we we have bought in totally to this understanding of of how we are dependent on ourselves and how we make our own rules and, and, and that captivity, the bondage that we experience uh, to sin. And Paul uses that imagery of kingdoms, of a movement from that kingdom into the kingdom of the glorious light, of the kingdom of his beloved son, uh, that through whom we have redemption forgiveness of sins that we have been bought and set free it's our faith in jesus christ that that allows us to be set free from the penalty of our sin but also set free from the hold that sin has had on our lives where we can now live a life that is right and pleasing with god uh, because of what jesus christ has done within our hearts and so that is the the primary fruit of the gospel is that it sets us free. It moves us from that dominion of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And we are now citizens of heaven and citizens of, of God's family because of what Jesus Christ has done in us. So Paul talks about how, how, how they thanks God, uh, thank God always in his prayers for 
uh, for the people of Colossae because he had heard of their faith in Christ Jesus and how they had been moved from this dominion of darkness into the glorious light of Christ's kingdom. Another fruit of the gospel is that it results in a love for the saints. He goes on and, and says that, that, that that's one of the reasons why they thank God for, uh, for these Colossians, because of the love that they have for all of the saints. When we are rescued, when we are redeemed by Christ Jesus and brought into his kingdom of light, it, it transforms our relationships with other believers. It, it, it bonds us together into the family of Jesus Christ, where we see value in each other. We see all of the differences that there are between us, all of the, the uniquenesses that, that each one of us has. And instead of allowing those differences to, to build walls and barriers and boundaries between us, it allows us to embrace one another and to value the differences that there are within one another in order to be able to see the, the, the variety and the great complexity that there is in the family of God and all that he is doing in our lives. And so when we are redeemed by Jesus Christ, he, he puts within us a love for the saints. That's part of the fruit of the gospel uh, that Paul is, is highlighting for these people. He also highlights that, that another fruit of the gospel is the hope that we have of heaven. He says that, uh, that we always give thanks for you because of the hope that is laid up for you in heaven. These were people that even though they were faced with all of these struggles, uh, the, the, the economic and, and physical uh, suffering that, was, that had come because of this uh, earthquake, um, the, the persecution that they had been experiencing at the hands of the Romans as well as the Jews that lived in this area, um, still they had this hope that their citizenry was not of this world, but there was a place that God was preparing for them in heaven. And so they were able to face the struggles and, and, and persecutions that they were encountering um, with joy because of the hope that they had in Jesus Christ, that he had a place prepared for them. That's part of the fruit of the gospel in our lives as well. Even in this, this world and in, in, in this time of, of so much upheaval and the, uh, the, the, the great grief that is happening in our world through the, uh, through the, um, the pandemic that is, that is going through us, the uncertainty with all of the different rules and restrictions, the, the hit that, that our economy has, has taken because of trying to protect, um, the, the, uh, protect one another from from this pandemic there is still great hope in our relationship with jesus christ that we can know that he is in control that he has a plan for us and he is a place prepared for us that we will enjoy in his presence for all of eternity so that is part of the fruit of the gospel that paul is talking about here in this letter to uh, to the colossians another fruit that we have in Christ Jesus is that that we are 
able to live out good works that he is doing in our lives. That, that we're no longer, as I said, we're no longer bound by our sinful nature where every action, every attitude that we have is defined by our self-centeredness and our, our, our need to, to look after ourselves and the pride of life that comes in all of that. But instead, we are, are free to be able to do good works, to, to act in love and service towards other people, uh, to, to reach out by, beyond our own experience and to touch the lives of, of people who are around us. That is a fruit of the gospel in our lives. Because of what Jesus has done, we're no longer doing those good works to try and make ourselves feel good. We're not doing those works to then build up karma that then will come back to ourselves. But we are able to, to love and serve other people because Jesus loved us. And so we can give that love and that service to others without any expectation, without any requirement, but just in the fact that we know that we are living out the purposes of God, that we are are uh, producing the fruit of God's spirit in our lives, uh, that we are able to do those good works. Paul says, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you into sharing the inheritance of the saints uh, in light. That is part of the fruit of this gospel as well is that we can know god that we being brought out of the dominion of darkness no longer are our eyes veiled against knowing who god truly is we have opportunity of of seeing him in all of his glorious light in all of his wonderful love for us in in all of his truth and justice that, that we can know him as he truly is rather than the the distortion that that satan tries to to feed us and that we have uh, fooled and, and lied to ourselves about we know god truly and and it's not just a knowledge a head knowledge of, of knowing facts about god but it's a knowledge of experiencing him of walking with him of of having him involved in our lives. And, and the more that we know God, the greater our endurance, because we know that he cares for us. We know that he has, has the power to accomplish anything. And so when we face difficult times, we have that endurance that comes out of confidence that God is looking after us, that he's leading and guiding us. And so in that place, we experience true joy. Not, not just a, a surface happiness and that things are all going our way, but a true joy that, that we belong to God. We are a part of his family. That he has a, a, a purpose for each one of us that he has called us to and that he is moving us in, helping us to walk in. That there is meaning to our lives and there is a, a destiny that we have, a, a hope that we have of, of heaven and a relationship with him for all of eternity. That's where the source of our joy is. And that comes out of 
this gospel message that has been poured out into our lives. All of this fruit that, that we have faith in Christ Jesus, redemption and forgiveness of sins, that we have been transferred from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, his beloved son, that we have a love for the saints, that we have a hope for heaven, and that we can live a life now of good works that, uh, that are built up in that endurance that God has given us in our lives. And, and through all of that, that we can walk through life with great joy. This all comes to us through our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. This fruit of the gospel is evidence that he is with us. That he is, as we celebrated last week, that he is risen from the dead and he now lives to lead and guide us as our good shepherd. What a, what a marvelous savior. What, what a, a great gift that in him we experience this fruit of the gospel. I want us to sing another song in closing, and it's a, a great song. Um, Keith Green's uh, song there is a redeemer um, that talks about uh, who Jesus Christ is, what he's done for us, and our thanks and worship and praise of him for all that he has done in our lives. In your place there, as, as you uh, sing these words, allow this just to be your uh, a hymn of praise, your song of thanksgiving for the fruit of the gospel that God has poured into your life and all that he is doing in you. Let's sing this song uh, together. Oh, Heavenly Father, what, what joy to be your redeemed people, to be rescued by you, uh, from our uh, kingdom of darkness, from all that held us captive, all that, that chained us in our sinfulness and in our pride, to be set free by you, to be drawn into your kingdom of light, to be redeemed, to be forgiven, to experience the true joy that comes in knowing Jesus and walking with him day by day, moment by moment. What a marvelous gift. What a great privilege to be called your children. Lord, I pray that, that in this week as we go about um, all of our daily responsibilities and interactions with other people, Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk in the fruit of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we would revel in all that you have done and are doing for us. And that our lives would shine brightly with hope, with joy in the midst of difficult times, endurance, Lord. And that we would help others to discover uh, who you are. That we would allow people to come 
face to face, shoulder to shoulder with you and, and encounter you in a way that they never have before that would lead them to a place of salvation and redemption for themselves, enjoying the fruit of the gospel for themselves. And thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.